Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back, everybody, to the final episode of this James Bond week. We have been working towards this. Here it finally is, the final James Bond for Daniel Craig, the 25th James Bond film. It's finally in theaters after years, it feels like. No time to die. It has already made over $100 million across the seas in Europe, and now it's us Americans' turn. Currently sitting at an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes with the critics, with the quip of, it isn't the sleekest or most daring 007 adventure, but No Time to Die concludes Daniel Craig's franchise tenure in a satisfying style. And it has an 89% audience score, a 7.6 on IMDb, and a 3.6 out of 5 on a letterbox. But let's get into what I think about the film with our very first segment here, Two Cents. Two Cents is a spoiler-free reaction to the film, so if you haven't seen the film yet and you're kind of deciding, that's the point of Two Cents, for me to give you my two cents so you can determine, is this something that I want to go see? So let's get into it here. I would have never considered myself a Bond fan, but after this James Bond week-long binge that I've had, I really have become one. If you've listened to the other episodes, you know I've developed this care for the emotional journey of James. Because of that, I wanted No Time to Die to be a finale that Daniel Craig really deserved. I didn't want this to be an unnecessary return for Daniel Craig just to make one more movie, and I didn't want it to retcon all of the emotional growth he had before, which really has been the highlight of the films for me. So we get this long opening sequence that is just fantastic, picks up right where we left off in Spectre, and gets moving extremely quickly. Then the opening title sequence starts in one of my favorite ways, the way that the um, sequence begins for the title with Billie Eilish's fantastic song. And then we're on, we're on the road. Bond isn't in active service anymore, but he has to come back because he's needed. And so we go through this intense adventure where it does not let up at all. And then the credits rolled. And I was holding back tears. I was not expecting that in any way. And I'm not trying to be dramatic. I was shaken not stirred. It was right on pace with the rest of the series that continues the story of James so well, learning to not just care for people, but now to trust them, to let them care for him. The story really does that character arc justice. It's, it's a continuation of that difficult journey of someone who is an assassin who also begins to care for people and understand the importance of it. So thank you so much to Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And then the performances. These actors perform this written emotion in a, such a captivating way. I love that Daniel Craig isn't just here as a physical force of action, but as an emotional presence too. He performs extremely well. And then Leah Sadukes, probably mispronounced her name, adds depth to the film I was not expecting. Lashana Lynch, she's fantastic. She has a few lines that are bad, and they're not her fault. She really is fantastic, has a great screen presence. And then Rami Malek is wasted. He is intense but kind of just annoying and he has really limited screen time and the trailer really made him seem like a prominent thing here which he is off of the screen and it wasn't 
that he he just lacked intimidation. He, Rami is doing the best he can. He just wasn't given very much here. Um, but Jeffrey Wright, he comes back as Felix, and I love that. And then Ana de Armas, oh my goodness. She has more of a cameo type role and absolutely knocks it out of the park. She is such a fun character. I love the chemistry she had with Bond in a really fun way. She just totally steals the show. She's funny. She's engaging. She's great in the action sequences. And with Bond, it she's fantastic. The action as well is right along with it. Fantastic to keep using that word. I loved watching this in IMAX because those sequences are incredible. I love the way that the action was edited here. I really wanted to watch it again just to enjoy, appreciate the action a second time. I had never heard of Kerry Joji Ukanaga, but I'm very interested in him now. And looking at these editors, I understand why this film flows. I, I mean, to name a few of those other, other films, First Man, The Greatest Showman, Hostiles, La La Land, and Whiplash. These two involved know how to edit a film. The entire film has this smooth polish over it that I absolutely love to watch. But the action is something worthy of talking about beyond just the smoothness of the edit. It's performed really well, as you saw in the trailers. And a little side tangent to talk about the trailers. I am not jealous of anyone who has to promote this film or any of the delayed films multiple times. But they've done it in a really great way. The trailers don't reveal everything and just waste it. There's so much here we've never seen. And then when we do see something that we've seen in the trailers, it's a snippet and it's exciting to be able to get the whole picture now. The action is just adrenaline filmed. It, it, it never drags out too long. It's incredible to watch with its clarity, but it never gets in the way of the story. For example, if you've seen the trailers, there's that sweet motorcycle jump and it's like huge. And you get this incredible landing with the stunt performers and the stunt team. Like, that is just an impressive stunt. But it isn't longer than just that, a jump. And Bond is on a mission here. The time is short, so we aren't here to linger on this bike jump. As cool as it is, we've got places to be. And, and I just love how the film understands the importance of that throughout the entire story. That while the action is amazing and filmed to be amazing, it never just is like, oh, hey, look at me, I'm action. It's always working for the story. And then the cinematography. Oh my goodness. Linus Sandgren. Why did I not know your name? You were responsible for one of my favorite shots of all time in La La Land. So check out that episode if you want to hear about the anamorphic wide shot. But your shooting style is so diverse. I mean, just I just mentioned La La Land, but then here it, it feels like a Bond film, but it has so much flavor in it. I especially love the close-ups. Maybe it's because it was just a huge screen, but I don't remember that type of intimate and emotional shot being in the past films and the way they are here really work. There's those incredible uh, sweeping wide shots, but then those, those close-ups are great. When you do go see this, just know the one shot that I'm really mentioning is towards the end of the film, Daniel Craig, as James Bond obviously, is at Raimi's secret base. I don't remember the villain's name. I forgot to write it down. But there's this great close-up of Bond, just his face. It's fantastic. You'll know what I'm talking about. But the other part of the cinematography, the globetrotting nature of the Bond is back. And those aerial shots here are just beautiful. Linus knows how to do an establishing shot. Visually, thematically, all while driving the story. It is so much more than just a beautiful image. This is just a really well shot film. And then the music. Do I even need to mention it? It's Hans Zimmer. Of course, he, it's great. It uses this light motif from Billie Eilish's uh, single No Time to Die that works perfectly throughout the film. And I love that Hans didn't just go full like interstellar inception mode type thing. The music doesn't grab your ears, 
frequently with these big sounds and pieces of orchestra. Those are there mainly as a necessary layer in the film, and they work that way really well. But the score grabbed me the most in those quieter moments, especially with that leitmotif I mentioned. Fantastic all-round music. I knew that was going to happen. And really, that single from Billie Eilish I've been listening to on repeat. It's interesting because when it came out like a year ago, I didn't, more than that actually. Anyway, it came out forever ago. I wasn't too excited about it. I, I just, I don't know. It didn't work. And then seeing it in the film, it worked so well. No joke whatsoever, this is one of my favorites. It's, it's in my top two for all of Daniel Craig's James Bond films. It's everything I wanted. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted, but this is without a doubt what I wanted. The movie is also funny, not constantly in an annoying type of way, but when it's funny, it's funny. The whole theater was laughing. It has a good balance of everything throughout the entire film, and that's actually probably one of the film's biggest strengths. It's almost three hours long, and despite a bit of a rushed ending in some of the scenes, it never lets up. It's got a great pace through the entire film, balancing the many aspects that it needs to carry. And the evolution of the story is very Bond-esque, slowly understanding how things are connected. It has a bit of weakness in the convenience at which people end up in the same place together, but that's pretty minor in the way that things evolve. And it's interesting because talking about this, I just want to go watch it again. I really did enjoy it that much. And as I close out my two cents here, it's just a shame to think that we may never get a Bond series that's this good ever again. I mean, flaws and all, this whole thing has been pretty awesome. I realize that maybe my review of Spectre was a little optimistic because I literally ran to see this five minutes after finishing that, so there, that was hard to remember. But flaws and all, even Quantum of Solace, I've enjoyed this series, and it, I think that it's going to be hard to replicate. We don't even know who Bond is going to be yet, but this really has been a great series. So that's going to finish up the two cents. Uh, because this is a newer film, we're going to keep it spoiler-free for a little bit longer. We will get to a short spoiler discussion with the last two segments, but we're going to continue along into the next segments completely spoiler-free. Before we do that, I have an announcement. I'm celebrating the two-year anniversary of The Basement Binge. It was in September. Things got delayed, and so I'm continuing the giveaway period until October 15th. You can enter the giveaway, which I'm giving away two $10 gift cards. So if you win, you get one of those $10 gift cards to any movie thing that you would like, a movie theater or like a video-on-demand service to rent the movie. If you want to enter for that, all you have to do is go to podchaser.com slash thebasementbinge and leave a review. It can be an honest review. The reason I select Podchaser, it's the easiest way for me to see those reviews, find out who you are, and get in contact with you. It's also in a consistent place, and it really does help out the show a ton. If for whatever reason you hate leaving reviews and you don't want to get on Podchaser, I'm also opening up to where you can follow me in social media and then share the show in some way. Tag me in a post that you give a little shout out to the show, and that will enter you into the giveaway as well. You can do it as many times as you would like up until October 15th, so if you got, it's the perfect time to be able to still get your Dune tickets or maybe the, to the French Dispatch, catch No Time to Die a second time, whatever. So go leave those reviews and share the Basin Binge linked in the show notes. Let's move on to the next segment here. Pick your poison. This is the rating scale of the Basin Binge. It's not based off of stars or anything like that. It's how I interact, would choose to interact with the film after watching it. So four options. Never watch again. Self-explanatory. Above that, stream it. It's on a service I'm already paying for. I'm looking for something to watch and it can fill that hole for me. Above that, I'll rent it, be willing to pay a few dollars and get a, a red box rental or digital rental and watch it in the right circumstances. Uh, top of the list, you guessed it, is to buy it, watch it as many times as you would like. You know, Blu-ray digital buying doesn't really matter. Just, you know, what's the choice of choosing to interact with the film? And without a doubt, it is a buy. I know I'm going to be buying this movie 
The Blu-ray isn't coming out until February, and I'm very upset about this, so I might just have to go see it in theaters again. I really enjoyed it that much, and it's a film that was... I'm not saying, oh my gosh, it's a masterpiece. It's perfect. It's, it's just really enjoyable. It's great entertainment. And I want to see it again, so I'm going to buy it. Now also, a bonus thing here in Pick Your Poison, because this is the final film in a series that we've been binging, like the tradition here is at the Basin Binge since the very beginning, we're going to rank it. This is way easier because there's only five. It's going to be really quick. So, starting at the bottom, five. Quantum of Solace. Nobody's surprised. Let's move on. Four. Spectre. It was good. I had some really positive things to say about it if you've listened to that episode, but I really don't remember it that much because I quickly ran off to No Time to Die. Three. Casino Royale. And maybe I'm going to be hated for this. It is fantastic. Like, three is an amazing ranking for this film. It just lacks a polish that I really love in the other two films, uh, but Casino Royale, absolutely love it. Two is No Time to Die. This is where this is. It's just... Really great, like I said, incredibly enjoyable. It's a great send-off for Daniel Craig. Really everything that I wanted from that and has that polish that I really love. And the top of the list, in case you didn't guess already, is Skyfall. I just absolutely love Skyfall. It's Bond at its best. So that's all you're going to get spoiler-free because all the other segments would require spoilers. Those two other segments are Least and Likes, where I talk about my least favorite scene and my favorite scene, and then Live Up. Talk about my expectations for the films and if it was able to live up to them and how. So if you haven't seen No Time to Die, go check it out. It's worth it. Go see it in theaters. See it on a big screen. It's awesome. If you've seen the film, let's continue. Lease and Likes. My least favorite scene. It's when, ah, I wrote down his name. When Luitzifer Safin, the villain, played by Rami Malek, comes back to Madeline's office. He has this terrifying opening scene with a young Madeline. And then he comes back, and obviously she's horrified. It's terrifying. But then it ends really quickly. And then later we just see him like at his base. I, I understand Madeline's fear, and I fear for her. But outside of that, we don't get much of the dread that a villain should cause. And it's just one of those moments where you do see the weakness in how the villain is used. But that's really it. Now, like, my favorite scene. I have two of them. I had a really hard time picking. I don't like picking two because I like to narrow it down to one. But I just I have to mention two. The first is the fight in the forest when James is with uh, Madeline and uh, Mathilde. He's trying to protect them. You can see how things have changed for James, and there's an intense purpose he has here in protecting his family. Fantastic. And the action, filmed fantastically. Oh my gosh, when he walks under that car as it flipped over, man, the theater's reaction was awesome. That was a sweet sequence. I mean, that alone I want to watch again. Okay. Then the second scene that I really love is when he introduces his family to Naomi, when he's on um, Safin's base, and he says, this is, and then he kind of mouths to himself, my family. And it was funny. I mean, we all laughed in the theater, but the humor of it didn't ruin the honesty. He's proud that this is his family. He's genuinely excited to say that, but he's also been in shock that this is really something he can actually say. And it works really well, particularly in the emotion of the film, which, as I've said multiple times, is one of the highlights of this entire series for me. And something this film does really well, which I find difficult to do in films, is adding intensity to an action scene by threatening a child. <laughs> that sounds so horrible to say, but it puts me on the edge of my seat when it's done right. And it is done right multiple times throughout the film. It's also done wrong other times throughout the film. So, kind of, I don't know, pick your poison. <laughs> 
<laughs> misuse of the segment name. Anyway, let's move on to the next one before I screw anything else up. Live Up. This is going to be the last segment of these James Bond episodes. And it's where I talk about my expectations and if it, the film was able to live up to them. I said this earlier. I wasn't really sure what I wanted, but I got it. I got it with the uh, performances, the action, the cinematography and the music, the locations and the scents, even Anna de Armas, better than I could have ever imagined. But mostly, I got what I wanted with the send-off for Daniel Craig and the continuation and conclusion of his emotional journey. They killed James Bond. He dies. He has never died in a film before. He dies. And it's not just that he dies, but he gives his life to save people he loves, save individuals he loves. And I love that he isn't just trying to save the world and then just isn't able to get out in time so he dies, you know, but that he dies because of a horrible circumstance preventing him from being with those he loves, so he dies to keep them safe. That is the conclusion of the journey James has been on, starting with him becoming a double O agent, working for MI6 because he was an orphan, and all the difficulty and trauma that that gave him as a child, then falling in love with Vesper and losing her, and everything else that followed, even through Spectre, falling in love with Madeline, and then how the opening of this film has is, is loving her but not trusting her, and constantly having to look over his shoulder, and the difficulty of someone who just wants a family and really can have it. Bond has really learned throughout the series to care for people, and to open himself up to them, and to let them trust him, but he never could quite trust them, and he misses out on so much goodness in his life because he couldn't get himself to trust Madeline. And not even because of something that she does. And eventually he does trust her, and for a brief moment he gets to enjoy his family as he's always wanted. But it just doesn't work that way for James Bond. The world has got to be saved. And it is. By the man that's been doing this for so long. But this time, he finally understands what he really is saving. He has someone, and in fact, two someones, to save. It's heartbreaking because James deserves to be with his family, but he can't. That is sadly not the life of 007. For a while, it was partially by choice, but not anymore. And that is why, as the film ended, I was fighting back tears. I was as I, was, as I wrote this. I, it really was moving stuff, and I'm impressed that they went for it and that they let it be that moving. And then I sat there in the theater, writing some things down as the credits rolled, and at the end of them, they promise that James Bond will return. And who knows how long that's going to be? We don't even know who James Bond is yet. But I'm already feeling a little bit of apprehension because Daniel Craig has just, he, he is James Bond to me. He's that good. And he's told a moving story with some Everest high points and then some low points. And I don't know if we're ever going to get another James Bond like him again. And that makes me sad. And it makes me enjoy this even more. But until we get the next James Bond movie, we're just going to keep enjoying other movies because that's what we do here at the Basin Bench. There's some great films out there. And now the Bond is done, let's enjoy some Halloween classics while we wait for Dune, which again, I cannot express my excitement for. So subscribe to the Basin Binge wherever you get your podcasts. Leave those reviews on Podchaser. Share my pages on social media so you can be entered to win one of those $10 movie gift cards so you can get your tickets to Dune or the French Dispatch, No Time to Die Second Time, or any other movie that you want to go see links in the show notes. I really do appreciate it. But once again, this is the Basin Binge. My name is Harrison, and that's all for now. Ciao, ciao.